Welcome to the CSI Wake Forest podcast, where I will be examining the counselor student experience from the inside out. My name is Pia von Strasser, and I am a current student in the Wake Forest Counseling Program. My hope is to provide insights about the student experience in this program and explore topics related to what it means to become a counselor. I also hope to shed light on pressing topics that are currently impacting the field of counseling and those who seek services. Thank you for joining me and I hope you find whatever it is you're looking for. Welcome back to the Wake Forest Department of Counseling podcast. I am your host Pia and today I have Renisha joining me who is a second year graduate student in the Wake Forest Counseling Program. We are here today to have a conversation about spirituality in counseling as effective counseling addresses not only the body and the mind, but also the spirit. Spiritual and religious issues are therapeutically relevant, ethically appropriate, and significant topics in many of our clients' lives. Because of that, it's important that counselors are prepared to deal with issues of religion and spirituality in session. Like any other area of multicultural counseling competence, much of this work will begin with the counselor's own self-awareness of their beliefs regarding spirituality and religion. So I hope this conversation today will help all of you who are listening to reflect on your own beliefs and values and think about how you can incorporate these topics into your conversations with clients, friends, family, or even just conversations with yourself. So without further ado, I have Renisha here and I'll have her introduce herself and talk a bit about her journey into the Wake Forest counseling program. And just a spoiler, She's actually part of the dual degree program, which means she's getting her master's in both divinity and in counseling. Yes, thank you so much, Pia, um, and you all for having me today. Uh, Definitely an honor. Um, I'll start just by saying that spirituality really is uh, one of those topics for me that it's still kind of in the works. It really is uh, the integration of uh, what, what my clinical... Um, identity is and uh, how that integrates into who I am as a counselor. So um, with that, you know, let's, you know, begin there. Um, As far as who I am and how I came to the Divinity Program, Divinity slash Counseling Program, I would actually say that I was called into the program. So Um, I knew that I wanted to be a mental health counselor probably right after uh, graduating from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, I received my bachelor's degree in sociology with a concentration in psychology, and I've always loved humanities um, and humans in general. And I spent uh, two years after graduation in some roles that catered to my love for people's well-being. So I loved what I was doing. I really did. Um, But I also knew there was more. And so that's kind of where the divinity program came in. I I use the term called, which um, is already a spiritual term um, because it it was never preplanned. I didn't, you know, say, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to go to the divinity program. But in the same way that, you know, when that Krispy Kreme hot and ready light is on, (laughs) When it lights up and you're like, I got to go get a donut. I just have to. I need one now. (laughs) It was the same exact response of like, hmm, this feels like it's drawing me. This feels like where I need to be. It feels like what I need to do next. Um, And 
it was it was awesome that, you know, I saw that Wake Forest had not only that divinity program, but they also had it um, paired with a counseling program. So you could do the dual degree. And it was just like, oh, I can still also do the thing that I really love and really want to do as well. It turned out that divinity school was um, so incredibly uh, just on time, very necessary, very relevant to who I am as a person. Um, I didn't, you know, know that ahead of time, but I'm so glad that, you know, I was able to receive and hear that call and go into that program. So that's how I'm here today as a dual degree student. It is so interesting to hear you talk about that call. And it sounds like counseling was kind of your first passion. And then the divinity program almost came in and just supplemented what you already knew you wanted to do. And then maybe even boosted it now as you look into your future career paths. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that for sure. Um, how has your background influenced your spiritual or religious development and kind of led to this point? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think even before I go into uh, just the influence of my background, it it helps to kind of tease apart spirituality and religion, uh, because I think I experienced uh, both of those things. And um, the two uh, concepts are completely separate. So uh, they can they can definitely overlap and, and live in the same space, but they are two different concepts. So when we talk about religion, what we are usually talking about is more of an organizational concept. Uh, you think people gathering in a church, like that's the first thing that kind of comes to mind, but it doesn't have to be a church necessarily. It doesn't even have to be, um, you know, a physical space that looks like a church, but um, they come together over the shared beliefs in a higher power or a supernatural force. And they share this collective faith system. That's uh, more so what we think of when we think of uh, religion, definitely a collective thing, whereas spirituality is more individualistic. Um, So when you're thinking of um, spirituality, I like to just think of what Howard Thurman uh, likens uh, unto a fingerprint. And he does this in his work. It's called uh, The Sound of the Genuine. And Pretty much he's saying that if we can be still enough, if we can be curious enough um, to hear the sound of the genuine, it exists under the noise. Um, And the noise is what are societal standards? um, Who am I supposed to be like? What am I supposed to choose? Where am I supposed to go? What does my mom want for me? Um, All of those things. Who's going to like my post on Facebook, right? Or Instagram now, um, if we can get under that noise, we can hear the sound of the genuine. That is like a fingerprint. It's very unique to each one of us. Um, and it, it, it is for us, um, very individualized. So that is more so kind of what spirituality, um, is. So if you notice when I talked about, um, religion, it was kind of cut and dry. It's like organizational people gathered together with around the same belief. And then with spirituality, I had to kind of use this metaphor to explain it um, because it is just this deeper concept. And I, I think of uh, spirituality as actually transcending language, 
we often have to find words uh, to really kind of, I don't know, dress up what we feel or what we get from um, spiritual things or spirituality in general. And sometimes it can be a lot, uh, a lot more messy, um, just kind of like my <laughs> my example that I just gave there of what um, spirituality is. So just with that in mind, uh, to answer that question that you asked about the influence um, of spirituality and religion on my personal development, um, I would say that as a as a child, I was actually exposed to different faith expressions, which I recognize as a privilege. Uh, most folks are raised in a home that ascribes to one specific faith expression, and typically they are surrounded by that faith expression. Um, but I was able to actually see quite a few. So I interfaced with uh, Christians who were involved in a wide variety of denominations, which are just subgroups within the Christian faith, um, atheists, um, agnostics, um, all of that while I was growing up. So my family was pretty tolerant uh, and very social, very, very social. So that led to me having, you know, wide array of experiences with people and their faith expressions. So I think that contributed greatly to my religious and spiritual development, just being able to see variety. Um, I was able to find myself and choose what works for me, um, which I think is what actually makes uh, counseling so beautiful, is that it gives us space to really think and figure out what really works for us. And I had that in a, in a, the religious and spiritual sphere as well. So um, I think spirituality for me actually came because I wasn't attached to any one religious um, organization or denomination, if you will. And I was able to explore what spirituality really meant for me, who I was connected with, um, what that meant being connected with, whom I was connected with, what my superpower or my um, supernatural force, uh, who that was, what I would call it um, and how it related to me and how I related to the world because of uh, that spiritual relationship. So um, I think that that's, you know, those two concepts being separated and being able to see them both kind of play out is really uh, has been really instrumental in my, in my growth there. Yeah. Thank you so much for teasing apart those two different topics, because I think when we talk about religion and spirituality, sometimes people first go just towards religion and they have a hard time separating that from spirituality or that individualistic expression, which can just be so different. And, you know, sometimes people or clients hear religion and they kind of get scared or nervous and they want to push back from the topic in general. But someone like you who has so much experience with different face and who is so open to all these different expressions could be really instrumental as a counselor in helping clients kind of explore and find their fingerprint or what works for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I would say that 
you know, spirituality really is one of those taboo topics. Honestly, uh, when I when I think about spirituality and religion, exactly like you said, they're not always teased apart. Um, and there are often negative experiences that pair uh, with the topic of uh, spirituality and religion. And so as a counselor, I think it's definitely important. Um, and it's been super powerful to uh, allow a space where that conversation is allowed uh, to be played out in the setting. I agree. And and you talk about these negative experiences. And I wanted to ask you, you know, how do you guide someone in your work if they have had those negative experiences, but you feel like they could benefit from a conversation about spirituality? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. Um, my first thought when I hear that is um, to allow the client to lead. That's the first thing that I think of. Um if someone has had a negative experience in general and we're thinking, you know, maybe it's uh, a past trauma, uh, maybe it's just, you know, an adverse reaction to some event that, you know, they don't really want to go into the depth of. They just kind of want to mention that and move on. Um, they're allowed to do just that. So um, in the space, you know, when we're hearing about, uh, oh, OK, well, had a negative experience with organized religion, uh, my first thing to do would be to explore the negative experience to the degree that the client um, wants to go there. So um, I'm thinking, you know, even if a client is saying, hey, I've had this negative experience with uh, said thing, uh, that there's already a pat on the back there because there's been some sort of ther um, therapeutic alliance that's been built that they're willing to share that, you know, about this topic. So that can be a beautiful marker of trust in itself. And I would, you know, if they're willing to explore kind of the meaning around that uh, questions about, you know, what, what, what does that mean for you? Like what uh, maybe was severed or what was lost or what was gained um, through kind of this negative experience? And what would you like to change? What are you hopeful for? Um, how did, how did you, or how would you like to make meaning through this thing? And even that is actually tapping into spirituality. Um, with that negative experience. Um, so I think really a natural curio curiosity um, really actually allows space for a person to process where they are and where they want to go, what they feel they need. Um, and if they don't know that they need that, they can find that in that space of natural curiosity that doesn't lead anyone in any particular direction. Um, it doesn't try to force any theological perspective um, onto a client, but it really does give permission for a person to fully feel and fully be um, in a space uh, to work through that. Uh, spirituality and religion is no different than anxiety and rela relationship issues. Those things are very difficult to talk about depending on you know where you are in that situation. You might not wanna talk about um, those things in the way that you struggle, but if given the space um, and the right support, there are gonna be times whenever you do start to open up 
um, and having that that counselor there to walk with you and guide you um, as you're doing that work of parsing through what is like what's still here really leads to healing. It really leads to growth and development. Um, and it really brings about hope. Um, I, so I think that, you know, and, and it's something like that where I think spirituality is necessary. I really do think that part of spirituality is getting down into um, those authentic parts of ourselves, which I think happens whenever we have the space to just be with ourselves and really parse through what uh, our life experiences have been. I think you're so right about this idea of allowing the client to lead or meeting the client where they're at and then just having a sense of openness or curiosity about what their experiences mean for them because then you can kind of understand where they're coming from, understand those past experiences better, maybe kind of see if there is this idea of religion versus spirituality that's playing out for them. And another thing I heard you say that I really appreciated was the idea that even looking at their experiences and what those things mean for them or how they want to make meaning of those experiences as being spirituality. And I think that's where you get this, again, this struggle between the idea of religion versus spirituality, because like you said earlier, spirituality can be anything for that person. And you just said right now that it's even just being authentic and getting rid of that societal noise and then coming back to what's underneath. And so even just being curious and meeting the client where they're at and having these conversations is spiritual in and of itself is just so powerful. I also heard you talk about the relationship between spiritual issues in counseling and other things that we typically think of as being part of counseling, like anxiety, relationship problems, depression, past traumas. Yeah. Um, In your work, do you find that talking about spirituality is particularly helpful with any presenting problems? I know when I think about it, my first thought goes straight to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings where people are calling on God or a higher power um, to help them in their recovery, saying things like let go and let God, which means you're surrendering to something greater than yourself and giving over your worries, your fears, um, your baggage to allow more space for hope and happiness. So I think this idea has expanded into a lot of areas of counseling and it's just more getting comfortable with talking about it. Um, spirituality can be used to, as a tool to navigate different beliefs, core values, and how those can influence um, recovery. So, yeah, I'm just wondering, how do you use it in your work as a counselor right now? And where do you find it to be helpful and what do you see as the strengths of engaging with these issues in counseling? Yeah. Uh, wow. What a great question. Um, a very great question indeed. I guess um, the first thing I would say is that um, in my own uh, personal sessions with clients, uh, my own clinical perspective, 
I do believe that uh, having some sort of spiritual insight toward, um, you know, how the client identifies spiritually is important. And I do think that it is um, powerful uh, just to know that. Um, and uh, it, it definitely comes into play. So for me, um, with just general intake, I like to use the biopsychosocial model, which is just an intake form that explores the client's life from a biological, psychological, and social perspective. And these questions really help me get a full sense of who the client is and the experiences that they're either having currently or have had in the past. So I just, you know, it's just super important for a therapist who's going on a journey with someone therapeutically uh, for any extent of time to know who this person is. And within that questionnaire, there's a, a part that asks about support. Um, and that's where I tie in spirituality. So I ask explicitly if spirituality or religion acts as a support for the client. Um, at that time, you know, I want to hear, um, you know, their answer. If it, if it is a yes, I'd love for them to describe how, how so. Um, I may ask the client what their relationship is with spirituality and or religion, because that could actually be part of um, some trauma that they've experienced, um, even if it's not a support. Um, and it could also leave room for them to speak about um, spirituality and religion's importance in their life. And all of that is really setting up the stage for how I can support them at any given time throughout uh, the session. So, you know, even if we were to take away spirituality and religion and I asked, you know, tell me about your support system. And they said, you know, my mom is a huge support for me. I'd bring up mom at certain points when, you know, the client is feeling especially vulnerable. I would say, you know, have you talked to your mom about that? Because that is something that they have identified as a support for them. So if a client is already telling you yes, spirituality and religion acts as a support for me, then you know um, that this is a tool or this is something that can be pulled from in those cases when uh, the client is feeling a bit more vulnerable. And I find that to be true with spirituality and religion. Um, um, it, it becomes extremely helpful when clients, just like you said, when they've kind of what I like to call come to the end of themselves. And what that is, is that's, that's that point when you're spinning your wheels. It's like, okay, I'm in therapy. I'm exercising. I have a better group of friends. I'm communicating better. I'm doing all the things and I'm still here. I've tried everything and I don't know what else to do because I can't get out of this place. And typically, just like you expressed with the AA meetings, um, you, you'll see in that big book that, you know, they've come to the end of themselves. They've literally exhausted every possible um, and just every possible route of getting through or to or over a particular um, incident. And um, sometimes spirituality and religion can be one of those back burner tools where it's kind of like, Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, where the client might not even be engaging it, and it can happen with anything. Uh, it really can happen, you know, 
in the bio realm in the bio biological realm where um you know they're not connected with their family and that is really weighing on them in a way where everything else is fully developed but they're they're weak if you will or challenged in that area of connecting you know to this part of themselves well in the same way spirituality and you know religion acts as a part of who we are. So if that part of us is underdeveloped in, you know, in some way, there may become a time, um, especially under distress, when a client will realize, hey, I just feel like something is off. (laughs) Like I'm really missing something here. And that can be a good time to say, um, well, you know, tell me about Um, let's say if the person identifies with God as being their higher power, tell me where God is in your relationship, right? Or what has your conversation with God been like around this? Or what does God say about you? Or what does God say about this? And that can be um, questions that really, you know, taps into, if you will, what the client has already identified as a support for them or something that they use whenever they're feeling especially vulnerable. Again, I used God there, but you know, your supernatural power can be anything and the client should be the one to identify that, be it um, a different religion altogether, uh, be it the universe, be it nature in general, but they're, um, that should be identified by them. And you just kind of meet the client in that language and ask them, where is this piece? Where's your, your well-being, if you will? How would you rate well-being um, in this particular area of your life? I love the notion of just viewing it as another source of support and another tool to draw on when a client might be feeling vulnerable. And how do you use religion or spirituality like you might use your mom or a best friend or your dog as something that can just provide a source of hope, a source of support. Mm-hmm. That's just a really beautiful way to think of that. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. I, um, I, it made me think about, you know, kind of just those, the pieces of spirituality and religion that can kind of seem uh, taboo or just more abstract, right? It is, you're talking about spirituality. It's messy, it's abstract, it's it's individual. Um, so, you know, sometimes we can maybe, I don't know, lessen the impact or the importance of it. Um, but when you like it unto, you know, a mom or your dog or your best friend as a source of support, it's like, oh yeah, 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 that, that totally makes sense. If that's a source of support for you, we should definitely use it. Um, And one of the things that makes that a little less abstract for me, the spirituality and religion being important is the numerous amount of studies and the, the huge database of literature that actually points to the connection between higher levels of spiritual well-being and decreased levels of psychological stress. Um, so, you know, that's just something that it always uh, gives me hope and gives me something to give back to clients around us being the very best versions of ourselves that we can be and really tapping into this holistic wellness. Yeah, the evidence is so strong. And I think this idea of holistic wellness kind of combines with 
your discussion of the biopsychosocial assessment where you tap into all of these different areas and spirituality just happens to be another one of those areas. And like I said at the very beginning, how do we nurture not only the body and the mind, but also the spirit to create the best versions of ourselves and of our clients? Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Renisha. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed my time here today. 